the quest to deepen one's spiritual practice looks different for different people. Some may turn to a specific religion while others use meditation or yoga. No matter what path an individual chooses, the goal is often the same, to connect more deeply with one's spirituality and to feel a sense of peace and harmony. Whether it be through prayer, journaling, intentional conversations, service, or other practices, individuals can access their spiritual side in various ways. Have you ever considered taking a spiritual pilgrimage? What type of impact would that experience have on your life? Today, we have Kathleen Donnelly Israel with us, an experienced traveler who went on this incredible multi-country pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela. She's joining us to share her experience and how it shaped her life. Kathleen also shares her wisdom that she shared with her fellow travelers while on her journey. It's time to get ready, folks. Get your favorite beverage and sit in your favorite chair. It is time for this coming episode of Spiritual AF Sunday's Journey to Santiago de Compostela, a spiritual pilgrimage with our guest, Kathleen Donnelly Israel. You're listening to Spiritual AF Sundays, created and hosted by The Mystic Geek. If you're looking to explore intriguing questions about the meaning of life and our place in the universe, then you're in the right spot. We dive into topics often discussed as sound bites on social media and take a deeper look, whether it's woo topics like astrology and mysticism, or seemingly mundane matters like technology and politics, we cover it all. We explore our own thoughts and beliefs, talk to experts, and uncover hidden meanings. These fascinating areas of exploration can help us question ourselves and better understand our world. Ready to grow and explore in your spiritual journey? We're glad you can join us. It's time to start your week off by being spiritual AF. Welcome back, listeners. This is Jessica, the Mystic Geek, and we have Kathleen Donnelly Israel with us today. Say hi, Kathleen. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. All right. Awesome. Well, share a little bit more about yourselves. My listeners are eager to find out who you are and what you do. Kathleen Donnelly Israel. Donnelly was my maiden name. I was born in San Diego and I grew up here. I got my degree at San Diego State University in art. I married Ron Israel. We were married for 48 years and he got Parkinson's disease. He was an athlete. So I thought we'd be riding our bicycles across France or something in our old age. And when he got Parkinson's, I was like, oh, I guess that's not going to happen. Yeah. So I had to find another dream for myself. I was caring for my husband. I went online a lot and my friend Judy went on the Camino Santiago. I thought, ooh, it looked like she was doing something very special for herself. And so I decided that when Ron was done with his disease, I would go on the Camino also. Kathleen, what is the Camino Santiago? The Camino Santiago is a 500-mile walk across northern Spain. It's a pilgrimage. And like back in the time of Jesus, the apostle James went to the Iberian Peninsula and tried to tell people about Jesus, and he wasn't very successful. So he went back to Jerusalem where they martyred him. The story goes that angels brought him back to Spain. You know, maybe it was some people with the help of angels. I don't know. 
and they buried him in Spain in uh, like the 900s or the 1200s, something like that. I guess it was the 900s. They were trying to get the Moors out of Spain. And St. James appeared and helped them win the day. And everybody really liked St. James after that. And they found his grave. And so people started making pilgrimages to his grave. And that's how the Camino started. They built this giant cathedral around his grave. You know, in the medieval times, people made a pilgrimage. They actually, the people in Europe just went right out their door and started walking to Santiago. Iago is James. Diego and Iago are both James in Spanish. And so St. James Santiago. Okay, that's where that word comes from. Yeah, a little bit and, of trivia there. <laughs> and in the like the 70s, 1970s, they decided to resurrect the pilgrimage and they looked for the, you know, the the trail and it was mainly Roman roads and most of them were available still. They had built freeways over some of them. Anyway, they resurrected the Camino and sometimes they had to make underpasses under freeways. And so that's, you know, that's how the history. Wow, that's incredible there. And 500 miles. It's like hard to even think about getting like five miles in in a day. What did you do to prepare for the trip? Well, that's what I used to do. I used to walk five miles with my friend at the bay over here in San Diego. We would walk five miles and I didn't even break a sweat. And so I thought, well, I can walk five miles before lunch and five miles after lunch and I can do this. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, was did you do anything else to prepare for this pilgrimage? You know, walking by the bay is not very hilly. And my sister-in-law, Bernadette, told me, oh, you're going to have to walk up some mountains. So she went and found all the mountains in San Diego and, and we walked up them. So that was really sweet of her. I used to volunteer at a horse ranch and I was picking up all the horse pucky and so I think that gave me a really strong core. Even though my health got way down while I was caring for my husband, I was still quite strong in some ways. So got it. Also I had to find all the clothing. You can go online and there's YouTubes about how to pack for the Camino, what you need. There's books, there's all kinds of stuff. And I went to a, a workshop at my library about how to pack light for the Camino. Oh, and it was wow. so funny. Yeah, the room was full. And she asked, so who here is going to go on the Camino? And I was the only one that raised my hand. So I, I guess all those other people just wanted to know how to pack light. So she was very helpful. She told me where to stay in St. John in France. She like handed around clothing and she had two shirts and she said, now feel this shirt and feel how heavy this is. And then now feel this shirt. This is the kind of shirt you need to take on the Camino. And so you, just a regular t-shirt and then the, the one for the Camino was just very light. And so, so I just went online and just searched lightweight clothing. I wanted to wear long sleeves because I didn't want to wear sunscreen all the time. I got very special clothes to go with me. It's kind of funny because I always, I tried to get the least expensive ones so my clothing doesn't all match. 
you know, a white and purple and orange shirt and it goes with my turquoise pants. <laughs> so I, I didn't care. I just wanted some lightweight clothing. I had to buy four backpacks before I found the right one. REI is really great. You can take things back. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, the fifth, the, the fourth pack was the one. I've used it twice now. It's a great pack. <laughs> Good. So when you were out there, what was the experience like? I'm assuming you were not the only one that was walking the Camino during that time. Did you meet other people while you're doing that? Yeah, uh, that was like the great thing. Actually, I walk pretty slow. You know, everybody was going choo, 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 past me and I was just walking as best as I could. I kind of have a bum foot too, so I had that to worry about. And so it was just really beautiful. The first night I stayed in the Balari in San Juan de Port. First thing you do is go over the Pyrenees to Orisan and then you keep going. They wouldn't let us go over the Pyrenees because there was snow. They said, well, most of the arrows are on the ground anyway, so you won't be able to find them, number one, and we don't want to have to go up and save you. So it was really against the law to go over the Pyrenees. So we had to walk around the Pyrenees. And you would think that maybe there wasn't a lot of hills, but my gosh, there were so many hills going around Orison. They weren't as high as Orison, but I felt like I was walking up and down and up and down. I was just like, well, I guess this is the Camino. You know, I came here to not necessarily have a good time, but to fulfill a pilgrimage. Got it. So did you meet any people along the way? Yeah. See, when I started out, I met a lady on a train. I had to take a train to San Juan Pie Deport. And I met a lady on there. We walked together quite a few times. We actually separated and met a couple of times on the on the Camino. So that was lovely. Her name is Diane. She lives in Australia. Another lady was there in the Balari also. I walked with her for a little while too. And we're still friends. The first night after the Balari, I stayed at Val Carlos. And all the people that night in Val Carlos, we all didn't get to walk over the Pyrenees. And we were sort of commiserating with each other about why we were on the Camino. I, I met a, a man who had lost three friends in rapid succession at different deaths. And he just was so sad he couldn't do his life anymore. And somebody suggested he go on the Camino. That might shake him out of his sadness. So I shared with him that my husband died in August and my mother died in December. And so he immediately was like, oh, I'm so sorry, we have something in common. But that was lovely. Also, somebody from that first night in Val Carlos made a WhatsApp and they let me in on it too. So we still can get a hold of each other on the WhatsApp. And like at Christmas, we send a picture of our Christmas tree and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So it looks like you made some friends in the mini community there. I am kind of a timid person. And I was like looking around at people and thinking, well, I heard there was camaraderie on the Camino, but I don't know how to do this, you know. But then that's the big question. Why are you here? And so you share with each other why you're there. And then all of a sudden, you know them pretty well. And it's really nice. 
I met some people in Sahagin, or however you say it. <laughs> there were like three people walking together and then they had two other friends and they were just staying in this monastery. And, and so I met them and we did laundry together. They, they had a salad and I came out into the patio and they hadn't finished the salad. So they said, oh, here, have some salad. Somebody gave me their plate and it seemed like they had a clean fork. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so that was just, that's how it happens. And we're just friends now. Now, I know that when we talked before this, that part of you walking the Camino was you sharing messages with other people. Can you explain a little bit more about that? When I was taking care of Ron, he was sick for 17 years. He was totally disabled for eight years. I had to be home during that time. I did some studying with some enlightened thought leaders. I had a pretty rough childhood and I needed some healing. I've been trying to do healing all my life, actually. I thought, well, maybe I can do some more healing now. Because I studied for so long, I mean, it was eight years, I felt like I knew some stuff afterwards, like I had really done some really deep healing. And I felt like I could share some of that stuff with people. So when I was on the Camino, if they had a problem, then I could maybe share some of the things that I learned from my studying. Got it. And I really felt like God had led me to all those healers. In the beginning of my study, I would buy somebody's program and do the sleep tapes, do all the work that they wanted me to do. And then after a while, it would seem like not as interesting as it had been. And then God would send me another healer and I would do their work. What I think is that over the time, doing the healing raised my vibration and then I needed a new vibration. I needed more healing. Each teacher brought my vibration up a little bit more. And that's what I think. Yeah. And that's an important aspect when it comes to healing is it's a process. And sometimes you think you're done, but then it's like, there's another phase and another phase. It's whether it's like climbing a mountain or like peeling an onion, both metaphors fit for, for it. there's always more to do there. Yeah, it was really disconcerting when it stopped being interesting. I'm like, oh, what's wrong with me? I, I'm not into this. And then God would send me another healer. So that was it. Yeah. And glad you went through that experience. Okay. You've already walked the Camino once. Are you planning on doing it again? I actually did walk it in 22 again. I wrote the book about the French way. That was 2019 before COVID. And then in 22. 21, I walked the Portuguese way. So I started in Lisbon and walked up to Santiago, and then I kept going to Finisterra. So it was almost the same amount of miles, uh, maybe 10 miles less or something. You know, I'm writing that book right now. <laughs> the book that I have already published, it was about the French way. Not this year, but next year. I'm going to have my 75th birthday on the Camino. I'm going to walk the Camino del Norte along the northern coast of Spain, along the, you know, the ocean. What were the significant differences between your first pilgrimage and the second, other than the roadmap, other than the roadmap? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, right. you've already went through it once. Now you're going through it again with more experience. So you have that. But what yeah. was there anything else significant that about the second pilgrimage that, or something that really stood out? Well, the first pilgrimage was so beautiful and it was a progressive, we're getting closer, we're getting closer. When I did the one in Portugal, of course it was during COVID and there weren't very many albergues open actually. You stay in albergues at night, they're really cheap, like five to 12 euros a night. During COVID, there were a lot that were closed, so I had to stay in hotels. That was more expensive. Like I cannot walk 35 miles in a day. I can't do that. Some people do, you know what I mean? But I'm an old lady, I can't do that. Sometimes I would have to walk and then take the bus back to the same albergue and spend the next night there and then take the bus back to where I left off and then walk to the next albergue. So it wasn't that much fun. It wasn't like progressively going closer. Sometimes I had to back up. <laughs> and, oh um, my gosh. And so for those who aren't familiar, what is an albergue? It's a giant room with a bunch of bunk beds in it. Mm. And they have a restroom. Some places had a girl's room and a boy's room and some of them didn't. It was like you were siblings. That was amazing. If the town had a grocery store in it, then they would have a kitchen. But if there was no grocery store, they would either have a restaurant that they would send you to or else they would provide the food. Maybe they would charge 12 euros for dinner. So whenever I went to a place that provided food, I always got the food. And sometimes they provided breakfast too, or else you had to go to a bar and get some tortilla or something. In Spain, they had tortilla. It's not tortillas like we have, but it's like this quiche type of thing with potatoes and eggs. And that was a good breakfast. In Portugal, it was mostly pastries. So that wasn't very good for me at all. But anyway, I love pastries. <laughs> so I imbibed, but anyway, not good. Well, I mean, good is relative. Let's, let's just say that there yeah, may not good <laughs> physically. But again, if you're walking that much, it, it was good for your soul. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it was uh, yummy. Mm -hmm. So if anyone who's listening is pondering whether to walk the Camino Santiago, what advice do you have for them? You know, you don't have to go the whole way. Like I did not have anything else to do. I just gave myself three months and I took off and I said, I'm not coming home till I'm done. You, if you just have a week, you can just walk 100 kilometers and you still get the Compostela certificate. Uh, you start in Soria and it's just a little bit more than 100 kilometers to Santiago. My friend Judy went from Lyon to Santiago. There's some people that start in San John and they walk as far as they can, then they take the bus to the airport. <laughs> Or the train and go home and then come back and start at the same place the next year and they do it that way you're not stuck if you don't have time to do it you don't have to wait but it is nice to it is nice to do the whole thing all together well i'm glad that you've had that experience not once but twice but then about to be the third time it sounds yeah. pretty exciting the first time i got sick quite a few times on the camino 
by the time I was done, I had been sick for quite a while. And so I couldn't walk. I had wanted to walk to Finisterra, but I just couldn't. So I took a bus over to Finisterra and the bus driver, he was our guide. He was lovely. And he told us, okay, now you've all walked the Camino once. You've been bit by the Camino bug. You'll be back. And he was right. You know, I got bit by the Camino bug. Some people just go there and every time they go, they walk the French way because it's so lovely. Yeah, I'm going to I didn't get there yet. After I walk all the ones I want to walk, if I keep doing it, I would just go back and do the French way again. Because it, it's so lovely. It's like walking through greenery fairyland. I personally like uh, forests and gardens and things like that. The Portuguese way is more, I think it's just like San Diego. We're the same parallel as Lisbon, and it's on the western side of the continent, just the same as San Diego. We have a pretty dry climate here in San Diego, and and so I felt like Portugal was really like, like it is here at my place. But Spain is more, northern Spain is more like northern California. It's just like green and rains, and it's just beautiful. Got it. Thank you so much for sharing all this, Kathleen. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we go? One of the things that I learned while I was studying was Ho'oponopono. Have you heard about that? I've seen it, but not really in detail. I actually used it extensively to do my healing Mm -hmm. Uh, from my childhood sexual abuse. It starts out, I love you. It's the big I love you. I love God. God loves me. God loves the other person. The other person loves God. If you can say it, you say, I love the other person. But if you can't, you don't have to say it. Mm -hmm. And then I love you. I'm sorry. And it's not I'm sorry I did anything, but it's I'm sorry that this situation exists. So if I have a situation with another person, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that the situation exists. Mm-hmm. And please forgive me. And it's not forgive me for what I did, but please forgive me for what's going on in me that caused me to attract this. So I'd have something going on in me and whatever they said landed mm-hmm. and I hate them <laughs> because they hurt me mortally. But really, I had a pain inside of me that they touched that I already had. And then thank you. And it's thank you for showing me this so I could heal. Because if this hadn't happened and I didn't feel this pain, I couldn't know where I needed to heal. I found it, you know, and now I can heal from the pain inside of me that got triggered by that other person. So thank you for showing me this so I could heal. And then I love you. I love God. God loves me. God loves the other person. And maybe by then you can say, I love them. But that's one of the things that I shared. I shared it twice on the Camino. I put it in my book twice, the two different people I shared it with. The thing about forgiveness is I don't even feel like I need to forgive anybody anymore. I take a responsibility for my pain inside of me. And I'm not a victim anymore. They're just doing what they do, maybe acting out because of their pain, you know, and then I can heal it. It's just like, thank you for showing me this so I could heal. (laughs) The thing about unconditional love, which raises your vibration really high, 
is you can't even do it unless you have adversity. It's really easy to love the people who love us. But when these people who hurt us so deeply, when we can love them, that's unconditional love. The pain causes the cure, you know. Got it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm sure some of our listeners are now going to be like doing the frantic Google search for what is this? <laughs> well, it's in yeah. my book. I was going to ask about that. If they want to get a hold of you or see your writings, you mentioned the book. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, it's called Wisdom of the Camino or Wisdom yeah. on the Camino. Wisdom on the Camino, a spiritual journey sharing forgiveness and possibilities to inspire the rest of your lives. And I'll make sure to include the link in our show notes. It's on Amazon, so they can get it on Amazon. You just put wisdom on the Camino and it comes up. I wanted to tell everybody that I have a gift in my book for them. And mm-hmm. it's right across from the table of contents uh-huh. is you can double opt in to see my pictures. So you, uh, everybody told me you should put your pictures in your book. And I'm just like, yeah, and then it'll be $50 and nobody will buy it. So I made a website and it's got galleries and portfolios. So you can just go in and click on chapter one and see the pictures while you read the book. Oh, wow. That's a great gift. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, anywhere else that you're online that our listeners can follow you on? My website is wisdomonthecamino.com. I'm on Facebook as Kathleen Donnelly Israel. Uh-huh. And and I have, it's Amazon, Wisdom on the Camino. I'm not with uh, Amazon, Instagram, Wisdom on the Camino. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's like all the different websites blur together. Yeah, I know. I get that too. Again, thank you so much, Kathleen, for joining us today and sharing with us your wisdom and your experience on your pilgrimage, and also letting us know that we can find out more about what you've gone through through the book that you've published and hopefully through the book that you're publishing soon. Any idea when the second book's going to come out? Uh, Probably this summer. Probably this summer. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you too, Jessica. I really enjoyed talking to you. That was such an amazing conversation and what wisdom that Kathleen shared with us today. I'm really glad that I was able to share it with you, dear listeners. So if you have any questions or feedback, here's how you can get a hold of me. You can either reach me by email at jess at themysticgeek.com or if you want to leave me a voice message, you can do so at speakpipe.com slash themysticgeek. And then with that, we'll talk about what is coming up on our calendar the next few weeks. So next week, which is February 26th, we're going to have Mark Wendt on with us to talk a little bit more about spiritual evolution. We also take a look into politics as well. So this is, I consider this to be one of my spicier interviews. I'm really excited to share that with you. That following Sunday, which is March 5th, I'm going to have Amanda Kate on as a guest to discuss prioritizing your internal truth over external influence. So talking about how we sometimes lean a little bit too much on external validation and how to turn that around so that you one, understand your own internal truth and two, that you're able to live it in spite of culture's messaging. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of Spiritual AF Sundays. 
Hope that you have a great week and that you stay spiritual AF. Thank you for joining us for Spiritual AF Sundays. This show is hosted by the Mystic Geek, that's me. Got comments or questions from today's episode? You can either email me at jess at themysticgeek.com or send me a voice message at speakpipe.com slash themysticgeek. Don't worry, I'll put the link in the show notes. Help others start off their week with a Spiritual AF Sunday by sharing this episode with them. Also, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help spiritual seekers find our show. So do the thing.